Welcome to Inspiring People and Places, where we interview national leaders in the architectural, engineering, construction, and development industry in an effort to educate, innovate, and inspire industry professionals to disrupt the status quo, improve their project teams, and steward public and private investments more effectively. I'm your host, BJ Kramer, President and CEO of MCFA. Allow me to introduce today's guest. Hey, everybody, we are back. Uh, and I am excited to introduce Darcy Spiteri uh, and for you to get to know Darcy will tell her story, but she went from the marketing world to the trades world. Uh, Darcy, excited to have you. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. Excited to share my story. So uh, let's jump right in. Uh you are currently an electrical apprentice and a four-position certified welder. Yes. Is that right? Yes. Um, so tell us a little bit about how you ended up going from being a marketer to to working in the construction industry and, and the journey. So I am a single mom. I have a 10-year-old boy, and I think... I had gotten to the point where I was living in Toronto, working in Toronto, and it was just too expensive and trying to find work outside of the big city in the marketing world was really hard for me. Um, and I decided to start looking for other options and something that I would be able to better support my son and myself and started doing some more research on the trades and seeing other women with similar stories kind of sparked that interest for me to start looking into that. So I always loved working with my hands. I'm a creative person. So I wanted something that I could have that outlet. And it led me to the trades. And I think one of the things that I've learned recently is that I never hated my job before, but now I actually love my job. <laughs> and I think that is one thing that has really gotten me into wanting to talk about my career and talking about the change that I made on it. So, um, and just trying to inspire other people and give them that in and spark to see that it is a possibility for women and anyone else looking to get into a, a career that's rewarding in that sense. Electrical apprentice and spark. I see what you did there. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't do it on purpose, but I do it a so lot. <laughs> So uh, before we jump into how, you know, how the process went, what were you doing in the marketing world? So I worked as, um, we call them traffic managers. Like I worked in the studio portion of the marketing company. So I was that point person from the accounts team, the uh, design team, and I almost like a project manager. So I made sure all the mm -hmm. design projects were going through um, from one side to the other. Gotcha. So that, that was your creative outlet then. What was the process of becoming an apprentice? So and, I- And did you, I, I'm, I'm interested in understanding, you know, kind of the dual path of electrical and welder as yeah. well. So talk to us about, you know, what from, from day zero, like, hey, this would be cool or there's opportunity, you know, what was going through your head? How did it come about? And then what did you have to do to, to get to where you are today? Yeah. So I, in Toronto, uh, we had a government grant that is called Second Career. 
So I was able to apply for this grant and I was able to go back to school. So I, that's when I was doing my research and looking into the trades and was able to do a pre-apprentice program, which technically I am doing the exact same stuff again through my apprenticeship, but because I one was older and wasn't in school for a long time and never really went down the science and math route, I decided that I wanted to take this pre-apprentice to get a little bit more knowledge into that side of the schooling. Um, So that was paid for through the Ontario government. And then from there, I'm part of the IBEW. So I'm part of the union and they're the ones who have sponsored me into my apprenticeship. And there is two routes to go. You can go non-union or union. Um, But I decided to go through the union and have them sponsor me. I've gone through, like, one of the good things about being part of the union is I was able to do this training for welding. So it's something that was offered through my hall and my training center because they wanted to have, um, like, if we're putting up brackets, we'd be welding stuff. Like, we would be outsourcing that to welders, whereas they wanted to have a a group of us who were able to actually do that on site instead of outsourcing. So it was paid for through my hall. I did all my certifications through them. They, they paid for the testing, which is somewhat of an expensive process. Like every time you do a test plate, you have to pay to do it. Um, And because I am now licensed, I'm certified as a welder. If I go out on certain calls throughout my hall, I'd get paid as a journeyman's rate, which is higher than my second year apprentice. Um, so that it, it just kind of seemed like a no brainer for me to take this opportunity to up my certifications and get that extra uh, pay if I need yeah, to. Yeah, really I go di- out. diversified your capability, makes you more valuable to your union, exactly. makes you more valuable to projects. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So talk to us about. All right. Year two electrical apprentice. You mentioned journeyman. What is the stepping stones towards that? And what do what are you able to do on a project versus what you would be able to do as a journeyman? And then what is the, you know, rank up from there? Yeah. So rank might be the wrong word. Yeah. I don't even know what the <laughs> what a good word for that would be. Um, but it's so as an uh, electrician in I'm pretty sure this is standard throughout Canada and the States, but we have to do 9,000 hours in our apprenticeship. So that works out to be about five years. Each year of my apprenticeship, my pay rate goes up based on the journeyman's rate. Um, So as a first year apprentice, I was on a, my first job site was at a school. So I was, I came in and I think a lot of my job was, uh, I was helping out the journeymen that were there, I would do a lot of uh, like material runs for them. You're kind of like as a first year, you're kind of the gopher and you, and I learned so much on that job because of that. Like I learned so much about the material that's needed. Um, And then as a second year, I, I found I was a bit more confident in doing, like I still have to work with a journey, like you would work with a journeyman throughout your whole five years. Um, but just being on that job site and seeing how everything runs, it gave me that confidence to try things on my, like be able to take on smaller tasks on my own. Like they would give me my jobs. Like, um, I would help with 
receptacles. Like I would tie those in. Uh, I would help with testing. We call it commissioning. So at the end of the job, making sure mm-hmm. that all our circuits are actually the circuits that we have labeled. Uh, reading blueprints, that's been a huge thing too, is understanding those. Um, and I think just each job that I'm on, I learn little things and have have really, I think, as a, like, I'm almost a third year. I have a couple more months until I'll hit third year, but I've seen such a change from first year to second year, Darcy, and the things that I'm able to do and learn, which I've really loved seeing. And I think in the trades, I see this so much, whereas in my other career, I never really saw the little wins as much where I like from learning how to carry a ladder properly to understanding what size wire goes in what and and those little things that I'm learning every day it just I feel so confident every day learning those things that's great um I typically would ask about a leadership or engineering project or or something you know that you've but I really want to know like I think it takes a lot of guts to make that career shift. Yes. Um, and and okay, you know, you mentioned you're looking, you know, single mom, ten year old, and a little bit of a back against the wall. Like I, I need to provide a better life. Uh, but talk to us about you know building up the courage and and you know you said you're a little bit older than most of the people you're working with. Um, you had to overcome a lot to to do that. Talk to us about that process and what was going through your head and. And where you got that courage? So I, when I did my pre-apprentice, I definitely went into it being like, I'm going to be the best. I'm going to come out of here with a job. I am going to put everything I have into this and do it. And I got to a point where it was hard, like the math and the physics and like that whole side of it, I ended up not doing as well as I thought thought I as, as what I had wanted to do. So I remember sitting outside talking to my best friend on the phone, being in my pre-apprentice and and her me just telling her that I didn't think I was going to be able to do it and it was harder than I thought and she kind of had this heart to heart with me and was like you absolutely can do this. You just put your big girl pants on and you're going to finish this and you're going to be able to do it. And I think just having someone in your life that can push you a little bit and kind of get you out of that negative headspace. Um, and I got in with the union and I've gotten myself kind of turned around. I did my first year or my first level of basic trade school and ended up finishing with an 85% average where when I did my pre-apprentice, I was at 70. So I think also being within the trade and seeing how everything works. It's a, it's a whole different way of schooling once you're learning on the job and in school. It, it was hard to make the decision to do this because I was really stepping back at like for a pay scale aspect. Um, but I have, I move, I was able to move in with my parents and they've helped me out throughout this because like I'm starting at six, like seven o'clock in the morning is when I'm on the job site and having childcare at that time is non-existent. So I've had a lot of people in my life that have really supported me in this decision. So that made it a lot easier for me. 
I think it's, I mean, it's inspiring, um, which is why you landed here on the podcast, <laughs> inspiring people in places. And, and we're usually on the professional services side. So it's great to get a perspective of the field and, you know, somebody that's just starting out. Um, you, I believe, are part of a community, Women on Site. Yes. Uh, talk to us about that. So this has uh, been something that started back in May. I Instagram is a huge trades community, um, and I've met a lot of other women who are in the trades. And there was there's four of us who have come together and have created this group to provide a community for women or anyone who's working in construction, on site, in male dominated industries. Um, because it's hard. Like I am sometimes one of one female to 75 men on a job site. And I have my girlfriends that I can talk to about things, but they don't really understand what it's like to go through something like that. So we wanted to make this community for women that could meet other women who are also on, on site and feeling these things. And we've created uh, meetups. So we do every two months, we have a meetup, an event for all women to come in. And we've done like- Is this just Canada or is this the States also? It's just Canada right now in Ontario. Uh, we're trying to do pop-ups. Like we want to do a pop-up at different, like we did an Ottawa one. We want to, we've been kind of sourcing in the States, like where there would be a big community of women that we could come to like Arizona or we want to try right. and do that once a year, but also possibly have it grow to have different chapters. But it's been crazy the amount of time that has gone into it. But when we go to the events and we see the women that are there and what it has actually done for them, it's it's pretty empowering. And there's never an event that nobody doesn't cry at. So <laughs> happy tears, happy tears. But that's cool. Yeah, it's been awesome. What is the biggest challenge as a woman on site? Um, I think I have a lot of times where people really want to do things for me, which mm. I had. I was on one site where I was carrying this ladder and I was fine carrying it. And I had someone who was trying to take the ladder and carry it for me. And I, the superintendent of the site was there and, and he kind of stepped in and was like, taught like telling this person that like I'm in construction let me do it and it kind of was it's, it's just like it's hard because everyone kind of wants to help you on these things but I need to be able to do them on my own um I think just I don't know like I it was funny because I would go home and I would be like I miss my girlfriends like I, it was like I'd still talk to them but like you miss that female interaction sometimes um and I think f trying to figure out who you are on site, like it, I was listening to another podcast where they were talking about how women kind of fall into different categories when they're in, like if they're an only, only female in, in a, a situation. So um, I started to really think about like, was I being my true self or am I trying to be someone that I think they want me to be at I get that. Sounds so no, weird, but like uh, it doesn't. My my little sister, um, she went to the Coast Guard Academy, and I think she did a paper on on something similar. You know, in a 
more male dominated field mm-hmm. and the different kind of personalities that that a a woman in that field takes on um so i think it's i think it's cool and i think it's reflective and but i think it's awesome that you're you're kind of leading the way in showing you know one showing your your son yeah. that you can do that and that you are doing it and that you're you know kind of breaking those barriers down with uh women on site mm-hmm. uh, i'm certainly inspired by it thank you Inspiring People in Places is brought to you by MCFA. MCFA is a CVE-verified, service-disabled, veteran-owned small business. At MCFA, our why is to inspire people in places through project leadership. We provide planning, strategy, program management, and construction management support services to a wide variety of public and private sector clients. All right, Darcy, switching gears a little bit, some rapid-fire questions. Favorite quote? Okay. My favorite quote would be never, ever accept because you are a woman as a reason for doing or not doing anything. All right. (laughs) And if you don't know who said it, we can, we can put it in the show notes. Yes. Yeah. All right. We'll put in the show notes. Must read book. Uh, Journey Woman by Kate Braid. She's a Canadian. She was the first, one of the first Canadian uh, carpenters in the Carpenters Union. Very cool. Dead or alive, if you could hang out with three people for a day, who would they be? What would you do? Uh, I would say I'd love to hang out with uh, Kate Braid, talk to her about the trades and what it was like. Uh, Stevie Nicks. I love Fleetwood mm. Mac. Um Elvis. <laughs> and we'd Elvis. go we, we'd all go roller skating. Nice. <laughs> Just throw in the random one there. A little bit different question. Legacy. What do you want on your tombstone? How do you want to be remembered? I want to be remembered as the woman that kicked ass in the trades and inspired a whole generation of the next tradespeople. Awesome. So then I will let you close us out. The time is yours. Any closing inspiration to, uh, you know, the, that next generation that might be listening to this and contemplating, you know, college or trades or, or maybe they're a mid mid career person. It's like, there's gotta be something more. Uh, what would you say to them? I would say, uh, trades is definitely an option. I know there's a lot of stigma that is associated with the trades, and I really hope that uh, talking about the trades and being more open to these as career paths, I think, will minimize that stigma. And I think if you don't think that you could do something, really take a look at yourself and realize that if you really want to do something and you put that effort in, it is possible. I think I'm a great example of that. As a kid in high school, I never really tried. I kind of just floated through and did what I I thought I wanted to do. And until I did this, I realized that when you put the effort in, you can actually make a difference and do well. So I, I was going to make that our last question, but I, I have to I have to ask you maybe one, maybe two more. Yes. One is um, 
because we're talking about the ladder story and, and a guy carrying that ladder for you, it, you know, to the guys out there on site, uh, what would you want them to know about a female coming on the site and, and, you know, that if you could say anything to them on behalf of another female out there that's breaking these barriers? I think it's just like, I'm here to do the job too. And I just want to be looked at as a person and someone who is like a second year apprentice. I'm coming in and doing the job that other, other men or other women are going to do. And I think it's just being seen as the person, not the girl that's on site. Right. So Darcy, I'm a father of two girls. Maybe they, maybe they end up in the trades Um, I think we're always trying to break down barriers, but at the same time, you know, your, your answer and and other answers I've heard in the past is like, I just want to be a person. I'm just a person, but the recruiting and the, and the, the encouragement of women in the trades and, you know, maybe not so much women on site, your, your program, because that community is building community, uh, for people to, to identify with or to to, you know, kind of find their community. What would you say about, you know, there's all of this opportunity in construction and we've heard report after report of labor shortages. And one of the values of uh, other guests that have talked about diversity and inclusion is the diversity of the people that are coming to the projects and whether that's race, religion, um, gender, you know, I think it's, it's diversity of thought and like, all different people can bring all different skill sets to any industry. We're talking about the trades. Um, what are your thoughts on all of that? Um, I think it's it's amazing that we're doing all this recruiting. I think if you you have to understand what construction is, it's hard work. It's law. It's you're out in the elements, um, and I think if you have a passion for that and you are someone who's a hard worker. I think it's such an amazing space to work. Um, and I think what is really important, I think you having two girls, I think they need to see that women are out there doing these jobs and loving these jobs. And that's really what I love about the Instagram community. There's so many people who are out in the trades showcasing what they love about it and you get a really good idea of what it's like um and there's so many people that are there to answer questions talk about it they are going into schools but i think it's really important that the people that are in the younger grades are actually seeing these things and seeing women doing it seeing men out there loving construction and i think it's really important that we're getting it out there to the younger generations that they're seeing it and like specifically women in the trades. I think I never saw a movie or a book with a woman who was in construction. I wanted to be, I wanted to work at a magazine in the big city. And that was every leading woman in every movie. Like we need to have TV shows with women that are in construction. I think that would be an amazing thing to see. (laughs) But I think one of the things people say, if you see it, you can be it. And I think being a woman in construction, I hope that other girls will see that and have an interest to get into it or look, look further into it as a career option. 
Yeah. I think it's awesome. Um, I am inspired by you. Like I said, I, I can't thank you enough for being on the show and, you know, putting a face and a voice to women in, on site. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll, we'll certainly include the uh, Instagram handles, but I agree. If you see it, you can be it. Is that what you said? Yeah. I like that. Um, so thank you for being a great example of, of, you know, a woman in the trades and, uh, for working so hard. I, I know it's hard work. Uh, but I also know that building things and creating things and seeing things happen is also rewarding work. So, uh, Thank you so much for being on the podcast and for taking the time to share your story with us. Thank you very much. And thank you for having a platform for people to talk about these things, because I think it's amazing that people can hear different sides of everyone's stories. Awesome. Everybody, thanks so much for listening. Until next time, have a great week and a great weekend. Hey, everybody. If you're enjoying the show, do us a favor and subscribe to Inspiring People and Places on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast hosting platform. We'd also greatly appreciate if you left us a review and shared this with other entrepreneurial public servants and all your friends and family in the AEC space. Be sure to visit our website, www.mcfaglobal.com. Sign up for our newsletter to stay in touch with us and learn about all of the projects and clients we're helping. Last but not least, we are hiring. We are always hiring. Do us a favor. Take a look at what jobs we have open. Contact us through our website or connect with me on LinkedIn. Until next time, have a great rest of your week and a great weekend.